I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Pod bless everybody. I'm your host of OPP, Corey Cambridge. And before we get started with this amazing episode, I want to tell you about my other show, Silent Giants. Silent Giants is a podcast that highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. Ever wondered who made the MTV logo? Did you know the person who wrote Earth, Wind & Fire's hit song September also wrote the theme song for the hit 90s TV show Friends? On Silent Giants, we learn more about these amazing people and dig deep to learn more about their most famous works. Be sure to check out Silent Giants on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Now, let me introduce you to our special guest of OPP. Hello, uh, my name is Dave Nadelberg. I am the founder of Mortified and the often host of the Mortified podcast at getmortified.com. And you are listening to OPP. God bless everybody and welcome back to another episode of OPP. Other People's Podcast highlights America's top podcasters and the dope shows they created. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Our special guest this episode is Dave Nittleberg, host of the amazing podcast, Mortified. The Mortified Podcast is a storytelling series where adults share embarrassing things they created as kids. Diaries, letters, lyrics, and beyond in front of total strangers. In this episode, we learn more about Dave. We chat about a mortifying moment from his childhood. We get his podcaster's picks. He debuts a special project he's been working on. And of course, we get into his dope show, Mortified. So allow me to introduce you to Dave Nittleberg. That's what's up, my guy. Nah, it's it's a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, like like as you mentioned, I'm new to LA. So I love LA. Getting coffee in the morning is a little bit annoying. It took it took like 25 minutes to get a coffee, and it's right next door. So what part of the town do you live in? I'm in Venice. Okay. Oh, nice. Where are you at? I'm new to not being in LA. Oh, where are you? I've lived in LA for most of my adult life. And um, at the beginning of pandemic, not the beginning of pandemic, somewhere in June in the pandemic, I wound up becoming more nomadic. I just, I just packed up. I had a new relationship with somebody uh, who, lived hey. in, who lived in a different city. And um, we decided to, uh, she does not live in Seattle and I do not live in Seattle, but both of us decided to spend a couple of weeks in Seattle and that turned into a couple months. And I am literally leaving tomorrow morning, which is why it's been a little crazy to connect with you. So I apologize. And where are you going after tomorrow morning? I'm going back to LA, but I can't go back to LA because there are fires up and down the five. Yeah. I was just in Washington literally like for 10 days, four days ago. So I I get it. Oh, we could have been doing this (laughs) in Washington. Did you drive or fly? Uh, Me and my girl flew. Okay. Is flying crazy? 
right now? Uh, the turbulence was a little crazy. I'm not going to lie from the smoke. Ooh. Like, it messed up the airflow a little bit. So this is not a COVID thing. This is literally a fire thing. <laughs> which which issue, which, which crisis are you referring to gave you trouble? Definitely the turbulence from the smoke. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. That was kind of scary for, like, a hot second until we, like, had to make a little turn around the smoke. And it was a little better. But, yeah, it, was, it wasn't cool, bro. So here's what my girlfriend and I are doing. We are, in order to get to Los Angeles from Washington, uh, you really can't safely drive. And I, that's, I got here by car. So I can't just drive the two-day. It's a two-day trip just to get home. But I'm going to have to go around the fires and enter California and Los Angeles from the side, from the east. So I'm actually driving to Boise tomorrow. Okay. Uh, never been to Boise, I guess. Me either. That will change. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go to Idaho, and then I'm going to go to Utah, to Park City, where I have a, a family member. And then I'll stay there for about a week and then come home. So it's just like I'm doing this crazy weird path to get to L.A. <laughs> I've been nomadic for a couple months and it's been very challenging producing a podcast while uh, nomadic and bouncing from Airbnb to Airbnb. And, uh, you know, there you go. Look, the one thing about podcasting I always say is it takes consistency and consistency in my living. <laughs> like, yeah. I have to get into a rhythm, it's a cadence. It's like going to the gym. You know, I can't expect to lose weight going to the gym, you know one time a week and then four times the next week, you got to have a routine. So I, I completely agree with you. Where are you from originally? I'm from uh, Michigan. I'm from like suburban Detroit, like the heart of suburbia. And, uh, and then I moved to Los Angeles shortly after graduating college to pursue a career in screenwriting. And somehow my life turned, changed, and I became a nonfiction comedy producer, but I thought I was going to move to LA to, to, you know, to write Pixar movies. I wanted to be an animated person. And so I want to take this back to like your days back in Michigan. Sure. I love Mortify. Shout out to my girl, Sadie May. That's my pod sister. Like Sadie May is like the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate homie who loves your show. And I love your show. And Sadie is, Sadie is so sweet. She's a fan of Mortified. And, but she's, she's just so cool. She, She's just a, a really good supporter of podcasts in general. And um, anyway, it's just like, I don't think people realize when they are fans of something and they reach out through social media, that it really is meaningful to creators and producers of shows. Like I'm lucky enough to get to do podcasting professionally, but you know, it's still in many times the life where you're scraping by in moments and I can't begin to tell you how people like Sadie are are my battery, you know, and I just, um, anyway, and so she and I have become friendly through the podcasting world. So that's how I got here. So I'm excited. So let's take it back to like your days in Michigan. You know, sure. what were you like as a kid? I, I had a, a contradiction, which is I have always been outgoing and social, but I've also in high school was really depressed. and. Um, kind of had these like two halves of my uh, personality. And so when I was in social mode, I'm like, hey, blah, 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 blah. But then I would really retreat 
beginning in ninth grade and uh, really had a hard time, but wound up retreating into the page, writing a lot of poetry, specifically bad poetry. And uh, that moment in time when I was very angsty and, um, you know, just dealing with certain issues in my own life and psychology, that was a time where I think um, I wrote a lot of stuff that eventually became the fodder for what became my career uh, or a good chunk of it because it helped it helped basically lay the groundwork for uh, the show I do called Mortified. Now, tell me uh, a moment in your childhood where you were mortified. Well, I feel that <laughs> sometimes when I think back to certain classes, I, am, I, I remember having a crush on this one girl and um, I wrote her a love letter and this, and I wrote her many, many drafts of this love letter. That is the love letter that actually winds up creating mortified years later. But I, I used to come up with the, all these embarrassing ways to speak to this person before writing the the love letter. Like I would, I made up fake library finds. First of all, I worked in the school library. And so I printed up fake finds and then gave them to her knowing that like, and said like, if you have a complaint, you can come to the desk and like at these hours. And so I made up a book and said that she had borrowed it or whatever. But then I gave it to a whole bunch of other people as well so that I wouldn't get caught with this lie. Anyway, she never came to the desk to complain because she probably got this thing and was like, I didn't rent this, borrow this book from the library. <laughs> but my thought was that she was going to come up and I'd be like, there must have been a clerical error. I'll, uh, I'll take care of it. But hey, I'm David. And so I, that was my plan. But I eventually got exposed, like I got busted for it. But like somebody had figured out, they were like, why are you, this, some, I think somebody had like gotten the fine and they were like, I didn't borrow this book from the library and what are you doing? And, and so I got kind of caught. I had to confess a little bit to a friend. So, you know, the, the crazy schemes that you do as a well-meaning but mi very misguided, you know, <laughs> kid. Yeah, I'm always intrigued. I feel like those moments, even in my own life, shaped me to be who I am today. Like, how did that moment and those type of moments in your adolescence shape you to who you became later on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, th those moments, you know, one of the things that I, I say in regards to looking at people's childhood writings, which is which is the, I guess I should explain the plot of Mortified. Mortified is a show where adults read their most embarrassing childhood writings in front of total strangers. So typically things like diaries and love letters and poems, sometimes home movies. Um, and so that that's that's the show. So basically I read diaries for a living. But shoot, why was I bringing that up? I'm going to ask a question better. I'm asking a question in a better way. Who were you then before that moment? And then who did you become after that moment? Which moment? Uh, the moment with the crush. Uh, you know, you mean the moment of, of like, uh, writing the letter? Wh which specific yeah, moment? Which yeah, moment? Like, 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 for example, for me growing up, I had a crush on this girl. Shout out to Dana Wassum. I had a crush on Dana Wassum back in ninth grade. Hey, and Dana. I was, I, what up, Dana? I hope, you I hope she's out. listening. You missed out, Dana. <laughs> she's doing fine. <laughs> Corey's a good-looking dude. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Well, so it was Valentine's Day. I showed up with these flowers to give to Dana 
And I was going to like spill my love out and let her know like, yo, I'm in the building. Like, baby girl, your hero's here. And I see her back in the hallway. And as I'm like approaching her, I see like this star, like football player, like super jacked up, like roll up with like a bigger bouquet of flowers and like a bigger chocolate. (laughs) And I was just like, oh no. And then I like just, I got mortified for lack of a better words and just like turn around and threw my chocolates in the trash and kept it moving. But from that day, I was a different person and like how I approach situations and and my own personal. What was the difference? The difference was I was not going to be patient. If I want something, I'm not going to wait till Valentine's Day to go get it. I'm going to, I'm going to tell the girl, like, be more direct and not wait. Cause maybe if I had been a little bit more aggressive leading up to that moment, like the football player maybe wouldn't have had a chance because I would have swooped in faster. And so mm-hmm. from your personal experience, like, did you have a moment like that where like it changed you and how you would? navigate the world from that point forward well you know i had kind of a similar thing to you which was that i i was very aware of time like must act now don't waste time especially when it came to like romance or something like that and i remember having a crush on somebody who in middle school who moved away they moved to another state and i I felt terrible when they left because I was like, I missed my chance. I don't know what my chance was for. Like, what was I hoping for? But, and that kept happening. Like I would have a crush on, on a classmate and, and then they would move away. Poor Dave. Poor Dave. Yeah. This, I, just, <laughs> I just realized in this moment, hey, that happened a lot. <laughs> was I actively seeking people who were moving? But it made me kind of like, you know, have a little bit of a more carpe diem a sort of mentality. And I think that that sort of gusto created memories and fodder that winds up eventually coming back into play for, for mortified, just embarrassing, like ridiculous, like, you know, I don't know, confessing to somebody like, Hey, I just want you to know, I really like you and blah, 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 blah. Thank you. I'm moving in two weeks. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. So, but just want you to know, just putting it out there for no reason. So that, yeah. <laughs> and so before we get deeper into to Mortified, you have an announcement, something you have a special project coming out on September 29th. Oh, that's and right. I'm going to let you do the honors, my friend. Tell me what's, what's happening in your world. So I've been doing Mortified for 17 years, and that's been pretty crazy to do anything for that long. Mortified is now old, as old as a teenager who's about to graduate high school. But we are, I, one of my dreams early on, was I wanted to create a game because I would I wanted people to be able to participate in Mortified, but not need me as like a gatekeeper. So I created a game and the game is coming out uh, on September 29th. So depending on when this airs, maybe it's already out. Uh, and you can find it at getmortified.com slash game and Amazon and wherever you want. But it's called I Can't Believe I Did That. And the game is like prompts. Uh, it gives you prompts to share stories with your friends about your ridiculous childhood memories, the good, the bad, and the awkward. And and what inspired, like, how did you come up with the idea to come up with the game? You know, the idea was uh, people wanted to be part of Mortified or, you know, who live in like towns like, I don't know, Eureka, California, or like towns like uh, 
you know, just smaller towns that we just couldn't, like no one was, we're just not going to do a show in. It's it's very unlikely that we're going to do a show in town X or Y that's sort of smaller for a bunch of just really logistical reasons. We don't have the resources and they're probably not going to have pay us to come in as like a, our best of tour or something like that. So I was like, I'd love to have a way that people can participate in, in, the mortar for in, in just sharing the past. Um, also, I didn't want, I wanted to do something that wasn't just about embarrassment. And I've been itching to do something that was not branded with mortified. Like that would be amazing in my life. And so in the, this year I have, I've made a couple different podcasts secret. Like I made one or two like secret pilots, which have been super fun. And then one that's a series that's coming out real soon for tweens that is not branded around mortified, but then specifically this game, I can't believe I did that. The game is, um, that's not me saying, I can't believe I did it, but, (laughs) but that's actually the title, but yeah. And so I, have been working on a whole bunch of non mortified things that are kind of adjacent to mortified. And so that's been super exciting. That's dope brother. Yeah. And also the, the, the new, the tween series. Oh my God. It's the coolest it is the coolest show, and I'm so excited for people to... We, we put out a trailer, but the trailer doesn't have clips of the show, and I, I can't even begin to say like how excited I am for this show. We just announced... Um, uh, we just hired a host. We just... It's a really good show, and it's a, basically a comedy show about ethics, which sounds really weird and boring, but it's about moments where kids break rules and whether those rules, so people tell stories about moments they broke rules as kids, whether that is a rule that, you know, like rule, like a shop, don't shoplift. And then they tell a story about doing that or whether it's a rule that should be broken. One of the people that we have in the season is um, one of the original members of the Little Rock Nine. So like, you know, a woman who, broke segregation rules in her state to educate herself and help change civil rights history. And so like the show, it's just, it's just a cool, fun show. And there's all sorts of reenactments like drunk history style. And it's, it's, I'm so excited for this. That's cool too, because I know, you know, rest in peace to the late John Lewis. It's kind of pulling on the threads a little bit of like that good trouble, right? Mm -hmm. Like that good trouble kind of concept. There is. Yeah. And and that's what the show is a mix of the show is is designed to not shame rule breaking, even if you break a rule that's bad, like even if you're a bully, and we have episodes where people bully people and they're the protagonist, not the antagonist. But they, you know, and so they do something that's not great, but we talk to them about like, how do you feel about it after? And some of them regret it, some of them don't, but the bigger part is you learn something from it. And so, and so some, yeah, some of the trouble, there's all trouble is, all rule breaking is essentially good, but it might also have bad in it. And that's the interesting thing about life. So don't know if we caught the name of the show. What's the name? Oh, I didn't tell you. It's got a good title. Um, Or it's got a title that's real fun to say. And the (laughs) title is, Ooh, You're in Trouble. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's for kids nine to 13 and that comes out in November, but our game, which is for uh, mostly for adults, I guess kids would enjoy it too. Is called, I can't believe I did that. And it's been a busy year. The pandemic made things harder, 
but it also awakened a panic, I think, a little bit where it's like, oh my God, I got to get shit done. Oh my God, this is just like asking out the girls who uh, find out they're going to move. And it's like, I got to confess before she she moves to Florida. You know, that's basically what the pandemic has done for me professionally. Like, oh my God, before I die and before the civil war breaks out, I have to, <laughs> I have to tell this story. I've got to make this show. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, we'll take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get to your podcast, Mortified. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And Dave, we are back, my friend. So Dave, tell me, how did you first discover the medium of podcasting? I was an early adopter to podcasting, not as a producer, but as a listener. Actually, Mortified got into the game about five or six years ago with podcasting, though we had sort of flirted with it for a bunch of years prior. But I was, I remember reading about podcasting when it literally was created in, God, I don't remember what year it was, but like... 2007 or something? 2006? Yeah. And I, I remember like the clever term and I hate it. I still hate the term podcasting. It's like, in addition to the outmoded quality of like pod of iPods no longer existing or, or having anything to do with podcasting. I was always annoyed. I was like, nothing is being cast. It's literally a jukebox. You're just, it's just downloadable. Like it's pay-per-view minus the pay, you know, it's just a jukebox. So <laughs> with the ability to subscribe, but I remember basically it was like, there were articles about like, you know, you know, blogs are all the rage. Now you can have an RSS feed with audio in it. And so I was really, I, I remember being really, really into it in the early days. It was all just talk shows. But then when I started making podcasts, that's, I found it very liberating because you can tell stories and I don't do talk show things. I do interviews, but they're more, you know, a little more, I incorporate a little more doc things. I don't, I'm not exactly a documentary show, but like we're somewhere between that and talk show and all that. And anyway, I find it really liberating as a storyteller, the audio medium, because you can do it from so many more places. You don't, you know, as, as someone who's made TV, like you don't have to spend nine hours setting up a shot because the lighting is bad. That seems so inefficient and annoying. And so like, I love the flexibility of audio. Uh, when did you know that you were going to take Mortified and that it would fit perfectly into the podcast medium? Well, I never knew if it would fit perfectly but uh early on i the minute i heard about podcasting i was like oh, i want this this my my show is essentially just people speaking into a mic telling stories i should start recording it and so that's what i did i started i literally just started recording shows for years the audio sat in a drawer and then we were like let's do something with this finally and um around that time this new network radiotopia was launching and I, I think I reached out to them and I reached out to a couple other companies 
I was in conversation with Yahoo and a few, I don't know, like a few other Nerdist. And, but we really liked Radiotopia and they were really excited that we had this like drawer full of like hundreds of hours of audio. And they were like, well, let's help you figure out the presentation for that. So we worked with them to do that. And that was great. I know you you brought it up earlier in the first segment of, of the show, but give me the elevator pitch for Mortified in your own words. Mortified is a show where adults share their most embarrassing childhood writings, things like diaries, love letters, lyrics, home movies, in front of total strangers. So, and it's been mostly known as a stage show. So a lot of the podcast is, uh, a lot of the Mortified podcast is people on stage sharing before a live audience. Remember those? <laughs> but uh, but also the show is interviews and people reading in studio or and by when I say studio, I mean their living room. But yeah, and so that's you know I I, I talk to people about their childhoods and um, usually the the embarrassing moments of their childhoods. And to me, that's that's really rewarding because I get to like people are a little guarded when it comes to their adult life. But I think when you talk to them about their childhood life, if they remember it, which is very often time people have blocked stuff, you get more insight. Uh, I think you were saying something like this earlier, but it's like when you, when you talk to somebody about their past, you learn far more about their present than if you were just talking to them about their present. Totally. Totally. Yeah, what have you learned from this show about yourself and about other people? Well, I've learned, you know, that if you listen to people or even just listen to their writings, like just their childhood writings, you'll notice patterns. And if you talk to them about their present life, you'll be able to make Venn diagram, you know, overlap. You'll be able to make links between past and present self. And so, like, I don't know a lot about you. I know that you do this podcast. I know that uh, you like coffee. You told me that you liked coffee. I know that you recently relocated. So if I learned a few more bits of information about you, I might be able to be like, oh, therefore you're probably, uh, well, I know that you're a good talker, that you're like, um, you're outgoing. And, and there might be things where it's like, well, like, were you always that? And and you can start to, when you start looking at somebody, something somebody loved as a kid, like created as a kid, like, did you ever write anything? Oh my, oh my God, I had a journal from age nine to like 18. Like I wrote it every day. Really? Yeah. Do you still? No. Well, you know what? Then I got into music and I started writing and, and now kind of like my podcasting and, and music kind of became my way of journaling uh, in a way. Are those journals still in existence? They are somewhere. They're somewhere, probably in my mom's house. But I know that I... I read them a couple of years ago and it definitely it's interesting because you're able to see things through a child's lens that are really impactful, but they don't yeah. feel impactful because you have no, you know, I, when you're 10 or 12 years old, you have nothing to compare it to. Like everything is new. Every, you know, you don't realize mm -hmm. the impact of things till way later. And you go, well, that was deep. You know, you're a musician. You said, so did you write lyrics and stuff as a kid? Totally. Totally. What's a song title? From your childhood that you wrote? Oh, man. My, my first rap song ever was called Stop, Drop, and Roll. How'd that go? This is my track. I continue to blaze on the beats. We have the hood hopping like Jaquan. Yeah, I might be tired. Need time to rest. But I came to the club to relieve the stress. <laughs> so, something like that. That's amazing. So, you know, there's like, 
There are clues even in that song. Stop, drop, roll. Is that what it's called? Stop, drop, and roll. Stop, drop, and roll. Which is also a good... There's not a lot of rap songs that take their name from safety precautions. <laughs> but So that was nice. Yeah, like there are clues even in Stop, Drop, and Roll for like, you know, if we had a longer conversation about it, about like who you are and who Corey is. And that's pretty cool. So that's the number one thing I've learned is that there are clues hidden in all of these things that if we just, you know, if we notice there are patterns in there, you know, and it might be about a kid who wants to be heard, or it might be a kid who wants love or something like that. But we'll, you start to, you start to notice the patterns, the more you read of these. And it's, that's, that's pretty cool. From, from all the folks that have been on the show and, and told their stories, is there a commonality between, uh, between children and like their, and, or patterns that, that you've noticed that yeah. kind of sync all of them together? Yeah. I mean, that, that is the sort of the, the concept of the show is that we're all sort of the cut from the same cloth that we're, they were all the same underneath the, the motto of the show is we're freaks, we're fragile and we all survived. And, um, you know, that is this notion of we were all at an age when the world felt big. And that's because we only lived on the planet for 10 years or 12 years, or like, even if you're, let's say you're 14 years old, you've only really gained full consciousness like at eight, by like age four. And by conscious, I mean like where you're remembering things and you're a sentient being. And so like, really, you've only been around for like 10 years. And like, really, you've been outside of your parents' bubble for like three at the age of 14. You know what I mean? Like, because like you've been like coddled, you've, you've been in mom and dad's land or whatever until like usually probably around age 10, somebody, you know, starts to sort of wander out onto their own a little more and, and have a little more autonomy. And so the commonality is that people see the world as just big. And, and so we can laugh at that now because, you know, like, oh, we know that getting rejected for a school dance or whatever is is not ultimately that big of a deal. But to a kid, it is because that's, they haven't stepped outside the bubble that much. They haven't learned that they, it won't kill them. It doesn't have to. It, they haven't learned that, you know, that they're just hurdles. Most of these things are just hurdles. And, you know, that's a pretty powerful thing to realize. It's a thing that I wish I, you know, like when I was depressed in high school, like I didn't know. I had no idea that, yeah, I, I, I didn't have that perspective. I still struggle with that perspective, but yeah. Mm, that's, that's a great point, Dave. Uh, before we get into our podcaster's picks, Dave, I have one last question. And this question is, is based around people who want to get into the podcasting space. I often say, hey, if you want to make a podcast, a podcast can do two things for you. It can help you recreate yourself and recreate a brand around yourself and how yeah. people perceive you, or it could double down and solidify the brand you've already built. You've had Mortified now. You, you mentioned since 2002, it's, it's, a, it's a teenager. It's a junior in high school now. Yeah. Like how has it been for you having Mortified be so closely attached to, to you, your name and your reputation? Uh, mostly a blessing. It's, it also, it's definitely something I struggle with. Like I'm the mortified guy. Uh, if somebody knows me, that's what they know me for. 
And uh, I'm proud of the work that I've done with that. There are things that I would like to change about Mortify. There are things, blah, blah, blah. But like ultimately, like, you know, ultimately I'm very, very proud of it. But I would, you know, it feels good to be doing different things and not just having your identity be tied up with, like, I am not this show. I'm not Mr. Mortify. I'm, you know, I'm just a guy. I, I'm a guy who moved to, who liked, like wanted to write animated movies. I don't know that I'll, that that's exactly my interest anymore, but I, I do still love storytelling. And so I've found different ways to do that. And, and this year has really been finally a chance to like reclaim more of David again, essentially for myself. So that's why like getting to do the, I can't believe I did this game getting to make the Ooh, You're in Trouble tween podcast. And then, like I said, there's just some other like things that I've that have been percolating. And I've been writing a book that has nothing to do with Mortified and uh, that I've been working on for like 10 years and like finally like picked it up again. And all of that has been really important. In fact, I took right before a pandemic started, I had a friend who had who has a condo in Louisville, Kentucky. And literally right before Brianna Taylor maybe by like a week, that incident, I think. I was in Louisville uh, for a couple of weeks, just sort of, you know, on a retreat, just sort of like, I'm just going to take some time off for me. I'm going to, sh- I purposely went to a city where I don't know a damn person. I really don't know anybody. I had access to a free place to stay. So I just went and just to write, just to, and I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not really going to go to bars. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to hang out with myself and just, sit in that weirdness. And so I did puzzles and, and wrote and fell in love with that city. And, uh, now my feelings about that city are a little more complicated, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah. So this, this has been a year of sort of, yes, it's great to do mortified, but let's not define ourselves by our careers or even just by one aspect of our careers. Let's not define ourselves by our love lives. Let's not define, let's just, you know, we are all, you know, there's a whole collage inside of us. And so I'm just trying to like recognize all the pieces of that better. Mm. Dave, we've come to a part of the show called our podcasters picks. Now this is when I ask the guests of today's episode to give me their top three favorite podcasts that they enjoy that the listeners should be listening to. So Dave, take it away. All right. So the first podcast I will, I will heartily recommend uh, it's called Pessimist Archive. I got into it about a year. Jason you know Pfeiffer. It? Jason Pfeiffer. That's my dude. Oh my God. That's my dude. That, when I mean, that's my dude. That's my dude. Like that's my, that's my ace in the hole. It's my guy. It's such a great, so he, the, the concept of the show, the, the title I find a little, I get it, but I, like I, whenever I tell people about the show, I feel like the title is a little off-putting for them uh, or confusing. But basically, Pessimist Archive is when new, t- typically it's about uh, cultural changes or typically technologies come out. They are often met with cultural freakouts. And so that's what the show is. So like, yeah, like the umbrella. Did you know when the umbrella was created? Like, that people thought it was like the devil's work, which is insane. Um, and so the show is like stories like that. And they did a really great episode about masks and the Spanish flu anti-mask movement of like, you know, the early 1900s. And that, that was a really great episode. My girlfriend and I have been 
way into that show. I love it. Great, great, great show. Great show. I have to put you in touch with Jason. He, actually, I've been meaning to write him because I there was a, my girlfriend's been like, have you written him yet? And I'm like, no. But I'm just like, I, I'm just like, because I think I, there was something I wanted to collaborate on or invite him on to Mortify just because I'm just a fan. But I don't know. I, I got to figure out. I can't even remember why I wanted to write him. But other than just to be like, you're doing the Lord's work. I just think what you're doing is really amazing. And I love it. Then I also love this show. Although I haven't listened in a while. I, I don't know if it's still on. I think it is Beautiful can never get the title right. Either Beautiful Conversations with Anonymous People or it's Anonymous Conversations with Beautiful People. I think it's the latter, which is uh, Chris Cathard's podcast where he just, somebody calls, he doesn't know who they are. He's not allowed to know more than maybe their first name. And they, and the rule is he can't hang up on them. So they might, it's like listening to a first date. You just like hear a conversation between two strangers and it's pretty great. Wow. Okay, and give me your third one. My third one would be my lovely friend Helen Zaltzman of The Illusionist. Illusionist spelled with an A. It's a podcast about language and grammar, and um, it's great. And it's a part of the Radiotopia family. I'm going to sneak in one more, by the way. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because, Do your thing. Because my friend, um, my friend Kim just launched a podcast, and I just started listening to it. It's called Multiracial White Boy. And it's all about being biracial, multiracial uh, in America. And he has these really compelling interviews and conversations with people about sort of redefining ethnicity and race and culture. And he, he just launched it literally like a week or two ago. And um, I, I don't know him that well. I just know him a little bit. But I, I, the little that I've been ducking into, I've been just like, this is really interesting. And I think it's, I think it's an issue from that he hasn't known how to deal with it in his own life. So I just find it to be like really cool that he's exploring, you know, he, he's like five different, you know, ethnicities. And so, yeah, anyway, it's just, um, it's a pretty cool show. And Dave, before we get out of here, why do you podcast? I podcast for the same reason that I think anybody creates any kind of art as like, um, it's a way to communicate something, information, emotion, experience with strangers with with more people and to me i love that the magic of a medium whether that medium is television or a book or or you know being on stage can affect people and make their day better by making them laugh as as my show typically aims to do but also making them feel making them think and my show is all about empathy and i think that there's nothing more radical even though my show is not political on its surface. I think there's nothing more political and more radical than empathy, um, walking a mile in somebody else's shoes. So, you know, getting through the magic of, you know, headphones and all that stuff to, to kind of make people think or feel in a certain way or expose them to things is, is super exciting to me. That makes me get up in the morning. Wow. Dave, it is such a pleasure to speak with you today. Thanks, Corey. Man, you a, you a deep dude. You a cool dude. I can't <laughs> wait to get you back here in LA. Yeah, we should. We should. I don't drink coffee, but I will break my once or twice a year uh, no coffee rule for, for if you ever want to grab coffee. I think that'd be super cool. 
I'll welcome you to the city. Come meet me at the beach, man. I'm right here in Venice, dog. Yeah. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of OPP and to our special guest, Dave Nadelberg. You can find his amazing podcast, Mortified, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. This episode was mixed by Compost Media Flow. Music for this episode was produced by Richie Quake. And are you down with OPP? If so, check out our website, opp.news, for the latest in podcast industry news, podcast reviews, and our latest exclusive interviews. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter as well. Well, I'm your host and editor-in-chief of opp.news, Corey Cambridge, signing off. Till next time. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.